Well, welcome to another episode of Love and Color. This is Eli, and today we have a special guest with us. Um, we're going to be here talking about metamorphs. And if any of you out there have been in open relationships before, you have had some dealings with metamorphs. And our senior producer, Chris, is here joining us on this side of the mic today uh, because this topic is just so compelling. And as always, we're in the studio alongside Dr. Katrina. Hey, y'all. Peace and blessings. All right. So today, before we get into tea time, I thought it would be a good idea just to talk about what is the tea? Where did that come from? I know that it's a term that is thrown around. I use it a lot. You know, you, you probably see it in various memes on social media. But uh, tea time, y'all, it's not new. It's It comes from the, the ballroom scene, uh, the black queer specifically trans scene of the trans scene of the 80s and 90s uh in new york and in the south also and it basically just means you know what's what's the information what's the truth what's the what's the gossip um and so we use that here on this show uh just to to you know pay homage to those folks that came before us and that made a lot of what we can do possible. So that's tea time. And with that being said, let's launch into some tea. Dr. Katrina. All right. So as Eli mentioned, we're talking about metamorphs today. <clears throat> and I know you might be asking, what is a metamorph? You know, honestly, I was not as, as familiar as I am with polyamory and non-monogamy. I was not as familiar with this term until starting to work with Eli on this podcast. Um, but a metamorph for me, correct me if I am wrong, either of you, please, but it's your partner's partner, basically. Yes, that is correct. That is your partner's partner. This is fun, by the way. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I love watching y'all do y'all things. <laughs> That's Chris, y'all. Never He's mind. here to chat guys. and do some I'm tea with here. us. Mm -hmm. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. <laughs> but yes, a metamorph is your partner's partner. And I do believe many of us have had that experience in some way or another. Um, I guess it also depends on what you describe as partner. You know, there's dating partners, there's long-term partners, and, and that all looks different depending on your um, situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's a matter more, your partner's partner, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that uh, we're going to be able to help impart some tools for you guys to put the amour back in metamorph. And I would say for, for metamors, um, I have a very expansive definition of metamors. And for me, partner means something very specific. Right. Not everyone that I'm uh, sexually or emotionally involved with is a partner. But whoever I'm dating or, or romantically and physically involved with, whoever they are also romantically and physically involved with is a metamor. So for me, that's not just something, that's not a title that's just reserved for my partners, other people. It's just for anyone who I'm connected with sexually and emotionally, they're other people that they are connected with. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can so it's a little more that. expansive for me. What about you, Chris? Um, I would say the same. I think a lot of times it's uh, with, 
you know, sometimes it's that inner working circle, right? Like it's one of the things where you're dating somebody and if you're, you're with, you're with them, it, I feel like it's one of the things of acknowledgement, mm-hmm. um, acknowledging that this is that person's partner, a certain level of respect there. Uh, I feel like that is one of the things that, you know, metamors is, it's, it's more of an understanding for me. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely hear you on that. And, and speaking of tea, mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I did not mention that Chris is, he's, he's, has almost been a metamore <laughs> for me um, a couple times. We, and and yeah. maybe probably a future metamore at some point, the <laughs> yeah. way that things work. So yeah. we, we have dated two people in common already. 100%. Yep. Uh, but before knowing each other. <laughs> so, yeah. so again, the community's small. The world is small. Yeah. The world I, I, is we're, small. You're, you're just like one one date away from yes. being a metamorph. One day away. <laughs> we're, we're working towards it. We're working towards it. Um, anybody, if you're listening, if you're interested in two young men. <laughs> but, but both fresh out of breakups. Fresh out of So that's, yeah. that's a disclaimer. That's, that, that is that is true. Little damage on the packaging, uh, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, content's okay. still good though. Yeah, y'all. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. That's anyway, hilarious. so now now that we've talked about what a metamor is, let's spill some metamor tea. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. I've <laughs> I've had so many just just off the wall situations. Some good, some not so good. I mean, you've, if, if you've listened to the first couple episodes of this podcast, you've heard me talk about Bruv, right? Um, my, uh, the girl's partner, lo- other long-term partner, mm-hmm. and who we are, you know, we're really good friends at this point, but we did not start out <laughs> that way. It was, it was a bit of a bumpy start to tell y'all the truth mm-hmm. um and we it would be it would it would be interesting to have him here while i'm telling this story because i I'd, I'd like to hear his side of it um i don't think it would differ that much from my side mm-hmm. really but we'll see maybe so we so the girl and i were together for a good year before i met the boy and it was only because she told me that they were talking about moving in together Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. word? <laughs> You're talking about moving in. I don't even, I know Jack about this guy. I know maybe his name. That's it. And you're like, you're moving in with this person. And this is right around the time when I'm realizing that I love her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like all these things are colliding. I'm like yeah. realizing I love her, realizing that she's going to be nesting with someone else and realizing I know boo about this guy. You know, I don't know what it, it could be that for him moving in is just the first step towards monogamy, you know, which is what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this is it. This mm-hmm. is how it ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's going to go move out into the suburbs with him, get a Subaru, and they're going to be monogamous. <laughs> Not the Subaru. Two of those three yes. things. <laughs> two of those three things. I'll let you guess. Which two. <laughs> so, so I got, I, I got real shook. And I said, you know what? I think it's time that I meet this guy. I want to know who this other person is because he probably has influence in my life right now. Yeah. And I, I, I have to accept that. But can I at least lay eyes on him? Can I, 
you know, have a conversation and yeah. just, you know. Feel his energy. Feel his energy. Let him feel mine mm-hmm. and just maybe uh, I can chill out a little bit because I was starting to get very anxious about the whole thing. Yeah. And I figured that if I had one less unknown, I'd feel better. That's real. Right. But up until that point, I was perfectly fine not knowing him. <laughs> it was not, not a problem. So I tell my girlfriend, listen, I want to meet him. And she's like, okay, fine. Here's his number. And, and, and then she just backs out of the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, that, was pretty, that was pretty nice. It wasn't smart. I, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was like, okay, so I guess I'm going to text this guy. So, like, the next day I text him. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to meet for a drink? You know, and he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, this is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm gassing myself up like, we're probably not even going to talk about her. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to, I'm going to find out what his hobbies are. I'm just, you know, just, I'm just going to get to know this guy. It's going to be super chill. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving my office early and I, I'm telling my receptionist where I'm going. And first of all, she's like the worst receptionist ever. y'all. She was like <laughs> at her desk doing her nails or playing Candy Crush or some shit, just very clearly not working. So she she's like at her desk doing whatever. I tell her where I'm going. She looks up at me. and She's just like, You're, what now? <laughs> like, this is like she's like finally like paying attention to me. She's like, you're going to go meet with your girlfriend's boyfriend right now. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 where I'm going. You yeah. know, hold all calls for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon. And she's just like, are you sure that's a good idea? And I was like, no, it's going to be totally chill. You know, mm-hmm. we're just we're not even really I don't even really want to talk about the relationship. I just want to get to know this guy. And she laughs at me and she's like, call me when that's done and let me know how it goes because it sounds like it could be a disaster that's basically and i was just yeah. like, what are you talking about it's gonna be cool listen i get there and my boy comes in hot i barely sit down with my little whiskey before he's like so what are your intentions with my girlfriend oh, oh no. shit <sighs> <laughs> immediately man i'm sweating right now just even remembering the whole situation yeah i mean i was okay. just like stress sweating i remember just taking a, the sip to just buy myself some time <laughs> i wasn't expecting this right i right. thought we were gonna talk about sports right and like here he is this just opening shot so i was like well my intentions now i want you to know at this point i don't even think i had told her that I love her. Hmm. I told him I love her and I want to continue loving her mm-hmm. and I want to do that in a way that's not going to interfere with you guys. Yeah. Right? So I told him <laughs> first <laughs> that so I loved her. That's funny. So he got he got that tea hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and then, you know, we proceed to talk and he's just he's basically telling me, "Hey, look, I, I want to make a life with this person and you're going to need to make room for that to be messy or to be whatever it is. And I was just like, yeah, you know, and, and I immediately I was just like, well, I don't know what to make of this. Like, 
I I am I appreciate the candor. Like he's not hiding the ball for me at all right now. Mm-hmm. But also, damn, I don't know what to do with this. Like is is am I by making room? Should I back out? You know what 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 do I do now? So immediately, so I leave that conversation drenched in stress sweat. I text my receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like you know the a million laughy emojis right like yeah. ninja i told you like, yeah. i told you it was gonna be some shit right <laughs> so <sighs> i was like you didn't tell me shit be quiet so I, I i then immediately call the girlfriend and we're like we need to talk like, mm-hmm. this is what happened i just met with your mans and this is what went down I'm shook right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we ended up having a really good conversation. I told her I loved her and that I all and then I told her all the things that I was nervous about that she was going to run off to the suburbs with him and be monogamous and then I was going to be forgotten about. And, you know, she reassured me and I still was the jury was still out on the on the boy though because mm-hmm. I'm like the way he's coming at me you know, he's talking about, you know, having kids and all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, uh, maybe, maybe there's not room for me here. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really clear that he liked me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just like, okay, yeah. all right. And then I was, I had a choice at that moment, right? I was like, I can lean in or... I could just try to proceed as if this guy does not exist, right? Mm, because I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't see a middle ground, right? Yeah. Um, I decided to lean in. I decided to lean all the way in. And it took a while. It was like water on stone because he didn't, he, the way he approached me in that first meeting, he was just like, you know, I've really put the girl through this a, a couple times and I've been waiting for something like this to happen. Hmm. I've been waiting for her to have her moment. And the way he talked about it, it was just like, it was a moment and then I was going to be gone. And mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. and like I would, he's just like, yeah, I've watched them come and go and Ooh. you're going to come and go. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I am going to come and go, but I kind of want to stay for as long as I can. And I feel like that's not going to be possible if I don't engage with him. That's fair. Yeah. She was very clear that she didn't need me to engage with him in order for us to continue. But I was like, yeah, no, no. Mm -hmm. Not if you're talking about moving in with this person and like merging your life. Like, I, I don't see a way for us to. Yeah, that's really... a very important aspect of her life that you can't ignore. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I yeah. decided to lean all the way in and like invite him out for drinks and like get him little, you know, little gifts and stuff for Christmas. And eventually he started warming up. And then we hatched this plan to move my office into his house during Hmm. the pandemic. Oh, wow. And then we were together, like, almost every day, all day, during the pandemic, working on the house, setting up my office, you know, just being together, because we 
we were in the germ circle together. We didn't have anywhere to be. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he's one of my best friends. We He threw a uh, Golden Girls-themed Halloween party. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I dressed up as Stan, and he dressed up as Dorothy. That's so cute. And he got me the Clue Golden, Ga- Golden, Girls, um, the Golden Girls board game. Aww. You know, who stole the last piece of cheesecake? And that is awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, but it was, it took a good three years right. of just me steadily like, do you like me yet? Do you like me yet? Do you like me yet? <laughs> <laughs> Until he was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I love you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Aww. Yeah. That's a great story. Man. Oh, so that was wow. a little bit of both. That was a little bit of like yeah. a rough metamorph story. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, it was a very Positive. satisfying ending. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Mine's have been pretty binary. Usually they suck or they're great. Oh. Um, I think that, <laughs> Okay. Uh, honestly, mostly mostly they've been separate because uh, the, the partners that I've had, they, they kind of do like more so of a parallel poly. Like they have their lives. We can talk about all the things when we're together, but they'll rather their partners not meet uh, just, just for the sake of, right? Okay. Um, and that's that's only with like my home situation for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, and that's and that's fine. Um, but I've dated when I've dated other people, that's been that's actually been really cool. Uh, there was actually one of my close friends I met through a friend with benefits I had. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, we were dating, went on a couple of dates and it's going well. And so we're talking and she was like, I think you really get along with my fiance. And I was oh. like, I guess. Right. And so like she was just talking. I was like, all right, that's like, sure. And then um, somehow I was I was having like a random ass meeting on Batman because geek life. Right. <laughs> and we were having a Batman discussion and I bought him in as a Batman expert because apparently he's obsessed with Batman. Oh, and, um, and it, this was for a podcast. And so I bought him in and he was he was the guest like we hadn't chatted before that at all. Hmm. She was just like, I'm just going to bring him. And I was like, all right, bring him. And so we ran and his vibe was great. We chopped it up so well and we just we traded numbers and we would talk. I would end up talking with him more than I talk with her. <laughs> and at one point, <laughs> at one point, I'm sitting there and I'm dating and like she and I are kind of like fading off. Like because I'm like, eh, she's all right. But he's awesome. I was like, so I, I stopped kicking it with her. Like we were like, yeah, no, go do your thing. You know, enjoy yourself. Right. But this guy and I like until this day. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, they are no longer together, and that's cool. And so I wow. think, um, but he was awesome. And we all, we all, we joke and be like, yo, that's the best thing we got from each other. That is the best gift <laughs> because he's a really good friend. And yeah. we have a great time. And even during the time when I was dating her and he was dating him, it was, it was very, it was my first time experiencing a level of deep support oh, from someone else, cool. right? So, I, you know, we would be together and he'd be like, Hey, she really likes it when um this thing is happening. What do you want to do for her birthday or something like that? And that w- that was really cool. Yeah. And even when it got to TMI stuff, right? Like it was like <laughs> I'm letting all the things out. Ooh. Um, so like <laughs> all the things out. It's like yo, um, she likes when you there's a certain thing you do in bed. Could you tell me how that? how you do that and i was like nice. no problem man this is a, and this is all over whiskey <laughs> and things like that and yes. i i feel Diagrams for anybody who, who listened to our conversation because it was lit it was lit so <laughs> but it was it was really cool and there was a very mutual respect and love and it was very like it wasn't like oh yeah we need to overlap we need to establish this 
who who owns this or who does that because i don't like ownership in general and we both had that same viewpoint this is not about ownership we are all in this together as friends and that's what i loved about it he was a genuine friend to me and we we didn't have that level of like um there was no competition yeah it was just more so like no we we both are dating the same woman and that's okay like it's but other than that we are friends and that's just a good benefit of it of our friendship so yeah that's um so quick story fast forward down the line you know in the land of bumble um (laughs) we matched with the same lady and we matched with somebody and it was really funny because uh she was telling me she was like oh you're going and we're just talking she was like go on dating this guy i'm like hold on um yo that's my man's Oh, you're gonna have a great time. He's so cool. Like he's a good gentleman. Like I'm talking to him. And then she goes on a date with him and mentions me. And he was like, Yo, Chris is super dope. You're gonna really enjoy him. And then that, and for some reason that weirded her out. Oh. <laughs> I thought that would be a positive. That's a shame. I don't I think she's kind of new at Polly, to be honest okay. with you. And I, I think that weirded her out that we were a little bit too complimentary. <laughs> like, yo, you're gonna really love him. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> and she was she was like, that it was just a little odd and she didn't date any of us oh yeah but i thought that was so funny because we were both very like <gasps> he's dope you yes. in good hands this yes. is great so, yes yes but that was that was my positive metamore experience i really enjoyed that it was really cool oh, that's yeah. good yes. yeah you know what i thus far what i'm liking about both of your experiences that you shared is that i'm not hearing a ton of triangulation happening necessarily. Mm. And for those of you who don't know what triangulation is, you know, it's it's a way that people avoid direct conversations with someone. You know, if you think about a triangle, there's the three sides. And what winds up happening sometimes in relationships, especially in poly stuff and, and the things that we're talking about with metamors, is that you talk through your partner to their partner in some ways. Or you have discussions with your partner that maybe you should be having with their partner, right? And that that's sort of what triangulation is. But what I'm hearing from both of you is you you all were like, you know, Chris, you, you were reluctant, but you were mm-hmm. like, all right, let me talk to him. We'll talk about Batman. It's cool. And yeah. then y'all wind up being boys, yeah. which is super awesome. And then for you, Eli, you were like, okay, I can't move on with this until I know who this person is. So you met up with him, you know, had had some conversations that maybe didn't feel so good, but years later, you know, your bestie, right? That, that's beautiful, and, and that's kind of what you want to get to with this kind of stuff is making sure that, like, these conversations that are being had are being had with the right person. Right. And I definitely know in when, just like these two, I'm, I'm fresh off of a breakup as well, and, and I know that when we had our triad, triangulation happened mainly because one of my partners was just so good at understanding and communicating to both of us, but I struggled communicating with one of my partners. Mm -hmm. And so it would wind up being this situation where I'd be like, yo, boo, you know, boo did this and that and that. And I don't understand that. And, and then she, she would be like, okay, at some way or another would like sort of, try to navigate that and put the puzzle pieces together and support us in being able to communicate with each other. And although, you know, it didn't, it didn't always go well, I do appreciate being able to watch how she communicated with my partner 
because it allowed me to be able to understand a little bit more about how I can communicate with her. Mm. But it doesn't always go that well, right. um, for mm. sure. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm, I'm over here, y'all sharing your metamorph experiences, and I'm like trying to sit here and think, you know, what, positive or not, what, what experiences have there been for me? And for the most part, since I've started polyamory, my partners haven't really had partners. Like, not people that they were, like, emotionally and, you know, physically connected to long-term. Gotcha. And when I say long-term, I mean a year or more, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's been months, you know, and things fizzled out. Um, or there were negative conversations that happened between me and my partner. And so things with the other person kind of blew up. And and some of that I'm I feel bad about because I was still trying to get myself together and understand my insecurities and mm. what was coming up and the way that I approached it didn't feel good for my partner you know and so she really struggled to be able to like support a conversation because of the way I was coming at her and so a lot of the potential other partner situations didn't really work out and not just on her end of her dating but on my end too like I would date people and stuff wouldn't go so well between me and my partner and I'm like, well, this is my core, you know, like I I want my core to stay strong. And so whatever's happening over here, you know, I will figure it out or I won't. But I want to make sure this is good. Right. Um, And that that makes it hard um, to have other people outside of a relationship. I have definitely learned a lot, learned a whole lot about what not to do. And how yes. to do it better <laughs> uh, moving forward. Yeah. I, I assume you both feel the same. Oh. Um, but my experience is different because I, you know, I, I haven't really had long term metamors in in my sphere. And honestly, most of the people that my partners have chosen to date would not be people that I would on a normal basis for me and the person that I am. Speak on it. Sp- spend time with on purpose and that's not to say they're terrible people Mm -hmm. it's just you know we all have our own our people we have our tribe and oftentimes the people that i met that my partners were dating would not be close to being in my tribe yeah i think that i am completely in agreement with you Okay. I've had not. Can we can we start on the the kind of negative or the struggle experiences? Let's do it. Yeah, that's these? a great segue. Because that is that is that hit that 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 touched my soul. <laughs> um, some of the people your partners date are trash, and so I think that. Um, but I think it's it's one of the things where how do you remain supportive in the process of that? Right. And one of the things that my my partner and I went through this this really um, tumultuous part of our relationship because she had started dating this guy. Um, we'll, we'll, for the sake of argument, you know, privacy or whatnot, we'll call him Taco Bell, right? <laughs> and there's a reason for that. But anyway, what's the reason? Chris? I'll explain. I'll explain just... in okay. the story. Okay. Because right. this is all about <laughs> this is a story of self growth. Okay. I know, I'm so... I'll take it. <laughs> so, and indigestion. It yes. sounds like a Taco uh, Bell. Yeah, a little bit. Right, little bit. Right, right, right. So nah, the the relationship started off rocky, and it started off in the way that um, their relationship started off in the way that I felt was disrespectful to our bond mm-hmm. right now honestly it was a it, part of the situation was a small one but i think at the time we were going through issues and i was dealing with personal issues mm-hmm. and so usually when you're dealing with personal issues it exacerbates the the issue it does and so and it did and it did for a while and then one of the things is i, I had to get to know my partner better 
and understand that those needs that 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 they have for them like that's that's for them that's what it's it has nothing to do my my issue was my experience with my partner wasn't didn't feel like it was the best and once we approved our experience together and um we saved space for each other's feelings and needs because it wasn't just her it wasn't just me we had to say we had to save space for each other's feelings and grow and kind of reconnect and get to know each other in a sense. And we did that. And it was through that that I understood everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, of course, yeah. there's also improving myself and my level of understanding and love that helped out. But then, you know, you have this situation and um, I was like, that nigga's probably trash. Right. And things like that. And you and over a while, you know, you grow and you heal and it's like, well, he's not important. And the only, only thing is, he's not important to me. Like, because it shouldn't affect me. I don't know this dude. Yeah. I don't know this dude. So I don't have any opinion. Um, really, I shouldn't have any opinion. And mm-hmm. what she does with her partner is a business. Essentially, you know, as long as she's safe and everybody's respected, right. it's cool. And I trust my partner enough to be safe, right? And and be respectful towards our marriage. Um, And so I think that was one of the things where trusting each other really helped with the whole other partner thing. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you trust her even though you don't trust him. Yeah, I don't know him enough to not trust him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know him enough. So uh, he's yeah. a, he's a stranger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What I but I, my thing is I was focusing on the wrong thing because our relationship was lacking and I had to focus on myself right. and the built and the the closeness of our relationship in order to, for all those things because if you work on yourself, the only person you can own is yourself. It, everything else is a farce, like, you know. So I I ended up we ended up improving our relationship and build on everything and that was better. And then as time progressed, because time progressed, I love the universe because the universe kind of gives you one up and it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I would meet another person because you know the world is small. And um meet another person and we found out that we had this person in common, um, which is um um Taco Bell, right? Mm-hmm. So Taco Bell in common, and they were like, Oh, you so your partner dates him? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh God, he's kind of trash. I was like, ha, I knew it. Vindication. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but uh, also, it was just, it was just, it was just funny because I realized that essentially, what what he is and why I call him Taco Bell is like, he it doesn't really. It's not really about substance. This isn't something like you have home cooked meals, right? You have you have good food, great restaurants. But sometimes when you're high and it's 2 a.m., you just want to get something like really quick. Get this out the way. It's it's whatever. You know, will you regret it in this day? Maybe. Right. But it's the thing. Yes. it just gets the job <laughs> yes, done at that moment. <laughs> and it's fire no, hole is real. It, exactly. It's not it's not none. But like it's it's not substance. It's whatever. <laughs> and that's that's what it is. He's like, like, you know, sexual junk food. <laughs> <laughs> so sexual junk food yeah so that, and that's what that's what essentially that's what he is that's gonna be the name of my next band <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah yes. Once, once i think once that there's a lot of other components to it right because right. at the end of the day even if they were like super serious and romantic it has no bearing on our actual relationship you know like that that doesn't mean like it's not a pie chart you know like yeah. oh yeah because i love you i can't love you you know, they, no, she has the freedom to care uh, about anybody. But I think making my peace with that first 
was the most important thing and to realizing uh, respect for my, my partner's autonomy yeah. and, and, and trusting that she's definitely going to respect the boundaries of our relationship as, as regards to safety. Yeah. But we're not going to date the same people. It's really why we're in poly. We're not going to do all the things the right. same way. I'm pretty sure that I've dated some, some people that, you know, my partner can't stand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hmm. It, 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 it didn't change how I viewed or it changed the, the level at which I care for my partner. That's really yeah. interesting. My, my approach is different. When I am looking at dating someone new, if I already have like mm-hmm. an existing relationship, part of my calculus is how well is this person going to fit? Mm. with mm-hmm. what I already have going on. Yeah. Because I don't want conflict. I want a high degree of integration. That's what feels good to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everybody needs to be best friends or that everybody needs to be... Yeah, there's um, definitely had to like, be a mutual in a, respect. In a sexual relationship or anything mm-hmm. like that. But just, I, I like it. I, I like it. I like to be able to sit down at a table with both of my partners and have it be cool. Yeah. And so when I'm going on a first date with someone along with like, okay, does this person, you know, believe in therapy? (laughs) Am I physically attracted? Like all these things that I'm, I'm thinking about, how well are they going to fit with my other partner is always part of the calculus. And not to make it super awkward, but one of my more positive experiences in that particular situation has been um, with Queen Bee at one point. Mm. Uh, that was I know right and so because <laughs> uh, they were they were really nice and accommodating in a sense and we approached it from a friendlier level mm-hmm. so being that we were more so friends for the most part when she met my wife it was it was all good everything is above board and it was super chill right. so now it's like they have their own kind of bond and they're cool you know right. that that is just outside of me right. but it made things a lot easier and free flowing Exactly. And, and that was that was one of my first experiences with myself with dealing with that in a better in a more up you know a, above board type will. Y'all a little too connected just to have fun. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're one date away <laughs> from like, being metamorphosed. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, we're we're here talking about um how to be better connected with your metamors. But mm. I just want to pause here and say that you don't have to be best friends with your metamor. You don't have to be connected with your metamor in order to have a successful open relationship. No, that's true. That's okay? true. I mean, some people will beat themselves up about it. And, you know, I'm here to say just release that energy. Yeah. You don't, mm-hmm. it's not necessary. It can be nice, but you can definitely proceed without it. But hopefully, you know, what we're what we're talking about today is aiming towards having a good relationship, aiming towards yeah. having a, a, that loving respect, that partnership um, that Chris was talking about. And yeah. certainly resonates with me because that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate about my relationship with Bruv. It's, it's, we do support each other around yeah. our relationship with the girl and also just as individuals, mm-hmm. right? It's like he knows her really well. Like they... They have been together for or been in each other's lives for like 14 years, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, he does have some very right. great insights. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, 
please share those insights with me. Yeah. Like, let's let's work together. You know, let's let's work on a, a Christmas present for her together. Mm-hmm. Let's pool yes. our resources. Let's think about how much more love we can give her when we are joining forces together, right? right? I think it's very powerful and very helpful when you see, and I know that I, I don't have anything, I don't I don't know the experience from a women's perspective or anything like that. I just think it's important that, especially two men, um, especially men in general have this kind of possessive mentality yeah. towards other people's bodies. We, right. know the, we know the general patriarchy. Right. It's always impressive and, and very forward thinking to, be with a be with a man who you're dating the same woman and not have that way. I think it's very uh, it respects the the partner. I it definitely, definitely respects the partner. I, I feel mm-hmm. you on that, and yeah. and I wanna I wanna touch more on that later mm-hmm. because I right. feel like the that is different. I yeah. Uh, there's a level of competition that's assumed, um, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about how to rewrite that <clears throat> script. But first, yeah. let's talk about some of the reasons why metamorph relationships can be difficult. We sort of touched mm-hmm. on a few already in our stories here today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them include jealousy, like maybe you're jealous of this person yep. or jealous of the connection that they have with or you perceive them to have with your partner. Um, poor boundaries. Maybe you know too much about that relationship. Mm. You know, Maybe you need to have a little bit of a firewall there and it's you're just too mm-hmm. close for comfort. Uh, past trauma. If, uh, I mean, if you're like me uh, and you've been in non-monogamous relationships for a while, long enough to have things not go well, you know, you, you've, you've probably had one of these metamor relationships that have gone sideways and have left you a little shell-shocked. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you're dealing when you're in a relationship, you're not just dealing with whatever the dynamic is between you and these other people. You're dealing with the ghosts of their past relationships as well. Ooh. And you might not even be aware. They just be yeah. creeping. Sure. Um, another reason might be the toxic relationship models. And that's what Chris was just talking about uh, in terms of the narrative being that you have to hate or be in competition with this other person yeah. that your person is spending time with. Um, uh, you didn't choose this person. Oh, that was one for me. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, like why? Not. why? And I've definitely had those situations too. Um, most recently with Queen B, part of the reason why I had to leave that relationship, it's like, if I, if I don't have any respect for the other person that you are with, it's going to be really hard for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not capable of doing mm. that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you just, you end up with an Uncle Tim, you know, you end up with that, that person. It's, it's like that family member that always shows up drunk and you're like, <laughs> I would never, ever choose Uncle Tim, but here he is, you know? <laughs> um, right. And then trouble in the relationship with the mutual partner. And that could be, like Chris was saying, you and your partner are having trouble. So therefore, you know, the metamor, regardless of what the metamor is or is not doing, there's going to be strife there. Yeah. Or it could be that the metamor and your mutual partner are having trouble Mm -hmm. and they're coming home and you're hearing about the trouble and now you feel a way about this other person because of the the friction that they are having with your partner. So, and and those are just some, I'm sure that... Trust, 
I want to add that in there. Trust is a big thing. And I think Chris was talking mm -hmm. about it, but it's been a big thing in my relationships as well as like, yo, if you lie to me, you're not honest with me, you're not upfront, that's going to make things real difficult for our relationship. And then you add somebody else on top of that. So now you don't trust your partner. Mm -hmm. So therefore, how can you trust a metamor, which is essentially an extension of your partner in some way, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can definitely see where that is a major issue. And it causes, it just exacerbates more issues in the relationship and, and right. ends up being more dramatic. Right. Right. Just all dramatic or dramatic. Yes. Both. both. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah, I try to avoid that. That's something much. So now that we've talked about some of the, the pitfalls, some of the many pitfalls, I'm sure that there are others um, that you listening out there have experienced. And please do, if you want to share the tea, you know, hit us up at Love and Color Productions and let us know your stories. Uh, I'd definitely love to hear them. Uh, and if you have any strategies that worked for you, I'd love to hear those as well. But here are some of ours uh, that we have sort of developed over time of dealing with metamors or dealing with clients, dealing with metamors. And for me, my number one would be make time and space yeah you know I uh it, it may be that you make the time and the space and it, it turns out that this is not someone that you want to engage with mm -hmm. and that's fine and then you don't have to continue to engage right but if cultivating a positive uh, you know a loving supportive relationship is something that is important i think just starting with making that time and that space and letting that person know hey, I'm making that time and that space for you is a wonderful place to start. Yeah. Yeah, I have an interesting example for that is I can think of like one of the first people that my partner started dating. Um, I was having a really hard time with it. I was like, this is hard. This is hard. And, and I did what you did, Eli. I was like, let me just move into this. And so I went and hung out with her, helped her out with the grant she was writing or something. And we were having a conversation about a fundraiser she had. And she was like, yeah, you know, you're here helping me with this grant and that's cool. And you don't have to, but I don't want you to come to the fundraiser. And I was like, oh, cause it felt uncomfortable cause things were uncomfortable between oh. all of us. And I was like, so I'm over here helping you write this grant and you telling me you don't want me to come to this fundraiser. That's weird. And so I went home, had a conversation with my partner. And of course, that blew up because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't handle it well. Um, but I was like, OK, I made time and I didn't like the time that I spent. So I'm not doing this anymore. She's all you. And, yeah. and that was OK. The way yeah. I handled it wasn't. But the fact that I like made the time, I pushed myself to do something that was difficult. Um, but then after doing so, you know, figured out that this isn't something that I wanted to do. And that was OK. But that, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Maybe you'll handle it better than I did. But <laughs> I think that's what Eli's talking about with making time is just like, check it out. Put your toe in the water and see, you know, maybe it's not as cold as you think or it is as cold as you think. And cool. You can go about your business and go warm up. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically. That's good. And that, I mean, every that and, and everything that else that we are about to say here is going to take a certain amount of vulnerability. Absolutely. Let me just put that out there right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say really anything relationship related is going to require some vulnerability if you want that relationship to be uh, fulfilling and successful. So that's just my little two cents there, y'all. Agreed. Uh, boundaries would be my next big thing. Ooh. This is so hard when you add more people. It's hard enough on your own and then to have your partner have their boundaries, but then the other person have their boundaries and now someone's boundaries outside of your relationship are affecting how your relationship might work. Oh my gosh, so complicated. Very. It is a lot. <laughs> it is definitely a lot, but it's so important. I think boundaries are boundaries are a way for protection and self-care. Uh, mm-hmm. And the the better boundaries that you have for yourself, you can be a better partner to others, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and a better friend to metamors, or at least you know just all of the above, right? I think it's it's important to note that we are all people, and we all have different struggles and different things going on. Now, I think sometimes we don't look at people that we're not we may not be romantically connected to, but they're connected to our romantic people. We may not look at them as humans. We may look at them as just the uh, the the ops, as the kids say, or just or just another person that that's a walk on. Right. But not realizing that, hey, they may be going through struggles as well. And trying to find that empathy for mm-hmm. your partner's partner is, is definitely important. I remember, you know, feeling um, feeling the way towards an, an ex, you know, an ex-girlfriend I had um, her partner got sick right now. And I know that that partner may not have been like the best person that i knew right but i I've, there was a there's a level of empathy there right and it's like no you don't want them to be you know sick or dying or anything like that so i think you know me like sending like hey you all right you know like i, I yeah. used to send like hey you all right and not obviously you don't have to do that right but um it's important to like kind of show that that like hey you know above all my person cares for you I may not necessarily like know you that well, but my person cares for you, you know. So that's that's kind of how I look yeah. at it. That is important that that empathy and letting that person know that you see them, yeah, as a person that will go a long way. Mm-hmm. And like with everything else, giving that other person grace, and if you give them grace, they're more likely to give you grace because in non-monogamous situations someone's gonna do something imperfectly at some point absolutely but but to to circle back to boundaries real quick this is this is the meat and potatoes Mm. right and 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 if you can get the boundaries and the communication around the boundaries right you know dialed in you're going to have a much easier time with your metamor and just in your relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the boundaries, and I think, Dr. Katrina, you mentioned this, might have been in the first episode, the difference between the boundaries and the rules, right? The rules, that's yeah. you sort of policing someone else's behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. The boundaries are the are what you set up around yourself to keep yourself safe. Right. Exactly. So I know a lot of people when they're new to non-monogamy, they want to go straight to rules because that that's what we know. We know rules. We know creates a structure, it creates a structure. You know, we're used to stopping at red lights and, you know, pulling over for sirens. We're used to rules. We're right. being used to being told what to do. Um, but I suggest that you might want to think about getting away from the rules and getting 
more into the boundaries. And this is especially true with the metamors because it's one thing when you have to police the rules with your partner, mm. you cannot possibly police right. rules with someone, with a third or fourth or fifth person. Right. Okay. You're setting yourself up to fail. But if you set the boundary around yourself, you are the only person that you have to worry about policing yeah. or, or, or <clears throat> monitoring or controlling or managing or whatever term you want to use. Mm -hmm. Right. Agreed. So, exactly. you know, maybe your boundary is, I think that this person that you're with is exhibiting trash behavior. <laughs> I'm triggered by it. I, if you are going to talk to me about this person's or your issues with this person, it's going to trigger me and I'm going to have to take some space. Okay. Here's the boundary. I don't want to hear about this person. Mm -hmm. If you do, this is how it's going to affect me. Right. And once I'm affected in this way, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Okay. That, that's clear. That's it's it. Like this is how it is. This is this is the boundary. You know the consequences. <laughs> Here's the consequence. And it's not punitive. Right. Okay. It's like this is where I'm at and who I am. I need to take the space to protect myself. Exactly. Me protecting myself is not punishing you. Right. Right. So those and that's just an example. But but setting up those types of boundaries and communicating that to your partner or your metamor, if that is appropriate because there are some things, I mean, because like Dr. Krishna said, we don't want to triangulate in these situations, mm -hmm. right? We want to make sure that we're communicating the issue to the person whom it should be communicated to. Right. Right. So uh, just an example, when the boy and the girl were moving in together and I was having my feels about the whole thing, I had two conversations. I had a conversation with her about here's what I'm afraid is going to happen. And then I had a separate conversation with him. I wasn't expecting her to tell him, mm -hmm. well, Eli said this and here's what he's going to need to feel comfortable. Here's what he's going to need from you to feel comfortable. You know, I told her what I needed from her to feel comfortable. And then it took, you know, a lot of vulnerability on both sides, right? And then I told him what my problem was or, you know, what was sticking in my craw and kind of what would what I needed from him, mm. right? So, yeah. and everyone knew everything, but directly from me. Which yeah. I think is such a great, great look in general. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it's not easy, but yeah. everybody gets a clear picture. Right. And it doesn't come off as like it doesn't come off like as you being sneaky or underhanded or anything. No. It's it's full frontal honesty and no. yeah. If That's anyone great. knows me, they know they always get the full frontal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 always Absolutely. always always. Absolutely. But but you know where this becomes complicated is with sex. You know, mm -hmm. like, let's say that you're not as connected to the mm -hmm. metamor mm -hmm. uh, like you are, Elay, right? So you just go through your partner when it comes to sex stuff. But, like, let's say that, like, you know, some stuff has gone down with this other person. And you're like, that's really funky. I don't know about that. 
And so then you set up a boundary for yourself. Hey, you know, when you have sex with this person, can you make sure you let me know? And also, it would be really cool if you would get an STD test, mm. right? Mm. Like sexual health issues stuff, right? Because mm. you have a right to your body yeah. and, and what happens with it. And so if you have a partner that you're like, oh, I don't know about this person. That makes me nervous. You hear some stories about how they behave in life. Mm. And you're like, that don't feel right. You know, you have a right to set up a boundary for yourself yeah. when it comes to sexual health. Absolutely. You know, however, know that like it could be an issue for your partner. You know, I know yeah. that I have in the past set up like, OK, mm, I don't I don't know. This whole this whole thing isn't really feeling trusty to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, do you have yeah. fun? But also, can you go get an STD test because something don't feel right there? And it didn't always go over well, but I still stood my ground because for me, like for me to get an STD through my partner who got it from someone else, mm-hmm. ooh, I know that wasn't going to go over well for me, right. yeah. like at all. And so I was preemptively trying to set up the boundary knowing myself right. so mm-hmm. that that didn't follow through in a way that was just like Hurricane Katrina disaster. I, I was going to ask, like, how do you set that up? How do you present that in a way that doesn't feel judgy to them? Because I've been through that situation. The girl and I have actually, we have that as a standing agreement. Anytime Mm. I have sex with someone new, I have to tell her. Mm -hmm. And depending on what happened, there are certain things that we don't do until I get an STI screen. Gotcha. You know, and that's, that's the understanding. So it's like you do what you want with your body. You know, like, you know, I do what I want with my body. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, she has told me, like, if you do that, here's what I feel comfortable with and not comfortable with. Yeah. And y'all clearly had a good conversation about it. But I I don't know, because the conversations I've had have not gone well and it felt punitive. Mm. And I'm like, it's not a punishment for you. This is about my own body. Yeah. Well, what if it was just, you know, like how we do it, where it's just like a general like, hey, if you when you have sex with someone new, this is the protocol. Boom. So it's not even anything personal. It's like, yeah, this is what we do. Because by doing that, it's not an attack on anybody in particular because, you know, it creates all types of issues like, oh, well, she must think I'm boning this dirty ass person. Right. Maybe. Uh, what does that say about me? <laughs> well, you know, you can see how that would does be. Does it like, have to say something about you? You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. like disconnecting yourself, you know, your your feelings about what this person is saying and mm-hmm. actually hearing what they're trying to say to you, which is, yeah. I feel unsafe. Yeah. That's the bottom yeah, line. Yeah, and that's the bottom line. If you feel unsafe, you have a right to express that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And that's a boundary. You know, that you uh, that you get to communicate, right? So we talked about making time, communication, boundaries, rewriting the relationship script in a way that works for you. Mm. And that, Chris, is to your point. Yeah. When you were talking about, you know, usually the narrative is especially, and I don't know, I, 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 I might say the same is true for when it's women. I think that the narrative is that we compete with each other. That's mm-hmm. what we do yeah. for the mate's Humans. attention. Right. Yeah. I, Absolutely. I yeah. get a lot of shit from my male friends when, when they find out that I'm in a non-monogamous relationship. It's usually like a slap on the back. Man, yeah, good for you. Get it. <laughs> but then when I tell them that my partners can also have sex with other men, <laughs> yeah. then it's just like, how can them? you let <laughs> it? Right. And 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 it's that that sense of like, well, you're less of a man because you're letting, quote unquote, right. you know, letting these other dudes have sex with this woman that you're having sex with. Mm-hmm. And so the concept, the idea 
that you could be friends with that other person right. having that sex with your partner. Mind. I mean, they, their mind is just blown. Yeah. They just no frame of reference. I think it, it just speaks to such misogyny. It does. It, it, that, And I, I always wonder, like, why do you feel like you have to own somebody? What does that accomplish for you? How does that make you feel better? Like, are you comfortable with depression? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> Cause that, what that's, a question. Yeah. Right. Are you that comfortable with right. depression? And especially when you ask a black person that, too, like considering all the things that go along that are right. how heavy that word is. Because I remember having that same conversation. I was telling a friend of mine that I'm poly. And they were like, you let your wife? I'm like, I don't let my wife do anything. She's right. a whole grown-ass adult. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? She, <laughs> mm-hmm. she should be able to do what she wants. Yeah. I was like, now I get why you would say that because of um, patriarchy. And he was like, word word you're accusing me i'm like yeah that's misogynist <laughs> and, and it's all like it's all the things that have made old white men so great you know? and she and he was like wow I was yeah. like yeah decolonize what? your relationship I'm like, you romanticize ownership <laughs> right you can't romanticize right. ownership right. it's mm-hmm. not sexy mm-hmm. i'd rather somebody be free and so it's it's that it's rewriting that narrative mm-hmm. for yourself Mm-hmm. And for your metamor, mm-hmm. you know, telling yourself, I can be friends with this person. Yeah. Right. It's possible. Totally okay. Now, now, if it comes down to it and, you know, like Dr. Katrina's example and it just you, you, you try, mm-hmm. <laughs> you make the time and it turns out, well, you know, this person is just not someone I want to engage with. No. Well, then fine. But it's not because of the narrative that you came in with. Right. Correct. It's Correct. because of the facts on the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. Not some story exactly. that you're telling yourself. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. And, you know, and then another side of this is like, what role does does your mutual partner play in this? Right. Like, what what does that look like? We talked about not triangulating, but also there is a role that your partner must play because they are, for lack of better words, the person in the middle. And so Mm, how do they behave? How do they talk to you and this other person, you know, so that this situation can be navigated in honesty with good communication because they're the middle right there, you know, when you have other people um, that you're dealing with. And so I don't, I don't know what you all think about that or what that looks like for you, but. I, I think uh, a more evolved me has learned to try to consider my partner's feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of the things where it's like, I could have an issue with this person, but I can understand how heavy that may weigh on someone's relationship and you don't want to be the one that causes stress right. in someone's life right. in general. I try to keep uh, opinions out of things and things like that, or at least be more em- <laughs> I empathetic. Don't. I know. I know. <laughs> Yo, I that shit don't. takes, that shit takes hard work. And don't get me wrong. Like there's a, um, it's, it's hard. Like not from a, um, for me, not from a metamor part, part, but like I, I have this friend and they have a friend and that guy is like, uh, Lack of a better term, bitch ass, right? And I just, <laughs> but if I keep mentioning it every time they mention, they won't tell me anything, right? Because they'll That's feel real. like they'll feel attacked. They feel like right. they have to defend themselves mm-hmm. every time they mention it. So my thing is, I have to start providing a safe space for them, and like it's already been established how I feel. That's not gonna change. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I can just be like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now if they ask me, hey Chris, what do you think about this? I mean, yeah, this is that. But or, or what do you think of him? Like the next time they ask me, what do I think of him? I can say, oh, the same thing I always think. Bitch ass new. You know, but like. <laughs> I want to I want to yeah. I want to poke at something real quick. Go ahead. Because 
do you need to make be a safe space? I mean, mm, I, it, it depends on the nature of the relationship. Are, have we always been each other's safe space? Maybe. Yeah, but, but what does that look like when things get funky? Like, how do you set your boundaries and protect yourself? Is, is that sort of what you're saying? Exactly, because mm. I, I, I mean, I've definitely had situations where I have been like, you know what, I don't want to know about this relationship Absolutely. unless something happens over there that is going to directly affect me. Otherwise, please... If you are having issues, I am sorry. You deal with that on your own. Absolutely. And that is your boundary. And I and I, I so I just want to challenge like you if you are a partner and you and your partner mm -hmm. has someone else in their life and hearing about this person and hearing about their relationship is triggering to you. Mm -hmm. You do not yeah. have to. To suffer through it. Absolutely. Right. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I learned that the hard way because I remember in the past, I would try to be that supportive friend no matter what, no yeah. matter how much they said stuff that hurt me and it did not work out in my favor. Yeah. So now when those things come up, I do speak up and I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't want to hear about this person. And, and they know that right. it's not a jealousy thing. Right. It's legit. Like, right. these are the reasons why. I will explain happily. Right. And you can come but, at them with empathy. Absolutely. Like, I am really sorry that you're having a hard yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I hope that you find somewhere else to get that support. <laughs> can you call your sister? Can you call your homeboy? Absolutely. You, you know That's what I mean? fair. Absolutely. Dial a friend. That is understand. Like I said, that, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Right. But I think in a sense, if you are, if you are willing to be that safe space for them, and you know that because sometimes it may not affect us harshly emotionally, right? Like if you know somebody, they're dating a train wreck. You're not really concerned about said train wreck in a, in, in certain levels of your mental health. But you'd be like, that's that shit crazy. <laughs> right. And so, that shit crazy. so, you yeah. know, in that sense, I try to I try to like use a, a level of empathy in the sense of I don't have to state every time. Oh, you mean that train wreck? Like, didn't they fuck up this? You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, I kind of have to keep somewhat of a blank slate and offer. I, don't get me wrong. I am opinionated as fuck. But I learned that sometimes I can't always uh, offer unsolicited opinions Ugh. because it, it, it fucks me over. Yeah, like, it, yeah. And it creates more attention than it needs. So unsolicited opinions like shutting the fuck up is free. But yet <laughs> we don't do it often. So. <laughs> you know, and that is a perfect, perfect segue into <laughs> the next part that we were going to talk about, which is like, how do you deal with difficult metamorph situations? Yeah, shut the fuck up. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yo. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, all of the things that we just talked about, you know, all the positive ways to have it are, are good ways to, to deal with difficult situations, difficult metamorph situations. Mm -hmm. But also, you know... One thing is like, well, do you need more space? Yeah. And that is physical space. That is emotional space. Mm -hmm. That is conversational space about this particular topic and thing. And that's not saying that, you know, it it isn't necessarily good to take that space for a long period of time because then you wind up avoiding the conversation, maybe not going back to it. But maybe you just need a second. Maybe you're like, hey, for this week, can you not talk about that person to me like I know that this probably doesn't feel good to you and maybe you know you're you're feeling a bit restricted but I need a second is that okay you know mm. right 
And maybe what you need to do in that that time is to figure out exactly what the issue is, you know, and consider is it is the problem that I'm having with my metamorph or is the problem that I'm having with my partner or is it me or is it me? Yeah. You know, yep. it's it's like what we talked about last time. And, and, and we put this episode episode about metamors after jealousy intentionally, because, I mean, it's, you know, peanut butter, jelly, you know, <laughs> ham and hock, just everything. <laughs> it, they go together. Sometimes when you are feeling triggered by the metamor situation, it's because maybe you are feeling insecure. And right. there's something that you perceive about that person or that person's relationship with your partner that is setting off that cascade of insecurity. And rather than focus mm -hmm. on the metamor and that relationship, maybe you need to turn the lens around and figure out what it is that that uh, set off that cascade and what you can do to shore yourself up from the inside before mm -hmm. you start dealing with the external and, and trying to manipulate and control uh, others around you to make you feel comfortable, mm. right? Yeah. I had a metamor come in hot saying that they would feel more comfortable if I didn't have sex with my partner for a month, <laughs> right? That metamor should rather, before they Word. came out their mouth with that nonsense, <laughs> should have said to themselves, huh, why do I feel triggered by this person having sex with, with their partner, right? Who's already been here. Who's been here for a year and change. I'm not bitter. I'm totally bitter, y'all. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but the, the point is, you, you need to consider whether the issue is you and what you can do to shore yourself up. And, and if the issue is with your partner, you know, going back to what Chris was saying, then maybe you want to lean into that relationship, figure out if what you need is more time or, you know, if there's some old wounds that this is reopening for you that need to be addressed, you know, lean into that. Because a lot of times the issue with the metamor might not actually be with the metamor. Right. And if mm -hmm. you go and you start making a big kerfuffle over there, you are A, missing the point, and B, mm -hmm. probably fucking your relationship up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes a metamor can be like the epitome of what's actually going on with you or in your right. partnership and not necessarily right. the issue. Like a scapegoat. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to take that space right. because mm -hmm. it's really hard to heal trauma in a space of trauma. Yes. So if you need that space, mm -hmm. take it. Thanks. I agree. Yes. I think, um, yeah, a lot of times when people deal with the jealousy and the metamor, it's really about themselves and how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't ever like usually metam metamors are just like that's their relationship, the, and it has nothing to do with your relationship. So you in, in, inserting yourself into someone else's relationship is just that's more of a personal thing. That says more about that person, right? You know? Yeah, I agree. Right, I agree. but I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes y'all. It, sometimes it is about the metamor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are certain I mean, okay. points. I, I only sometimes. feel like it's about the metamor when that person is intrusive in my relationship, or they're they're it's a safety hazard, right? Like if if my you my partner like is being saying abused, not to have sex for a month, like well, that, yeah, intrusive exactly. Like that? When you in somebody else's business like that, it's like who the fuck is you? Right. Tell it. Who are you? <laughs> you get the high voice, um, so and yeah. your head turns all the way to the side. Like, like oh, I didn't even know I had that rotation. Exactly. <laughs> like mind your business is free, man. Why are you not taking advantage of this deal? <laughs> you know. <what> I'm <laughs> 
know it's hard though because we wind up in situations like that and then your partner does wind up in the middle you know they they are which is what you were talking about about caring about and being more intentional and thoughtful about what your partner is feeling too because it's it's important they're over here upset about the relationship with you and then you know things are maybe not going well over with the other person because of what's happening with Mm -hmm. you and then no one is a is in a grounded stable place to actually be handling these Mm. really significant and difficult issues in the best way possible because everybody's upset and emotional Mm -hmm. which happens it does it does but if you if you are lucky enough to be able to set a good foundation of communication and mm-hmm. mutual respect with your metamor in the beginning, you're going to be in a good position to deal with the bumps that come along the way. Because you're you're already gonna like this person, which makes things easier mm-hmm. if you like the person, like genuinely as a person. And you are assuming good intentions because you have a history of trust and a history of, you know, established history of them respecting you and your relationship, then when these things happen, they're easier to deal with. However, if you do not have that foundation, that doesn't mean that all is lost. You can still, you know, with these steps of making time, good communication, boundaries, rewriting the relationship script, vulnerability, and not triangulating, you can still create, you know, a positive experience with this person and put the amour back into your metamor situation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, know so. it takes time. It does. Be flexible. Be open. It's a marathon, people. You know, it's, it's not a 400 meter. Right. And if you are the person in the middle a lot of these same tools are going to apply to you. You know, you do have to be mindful of how you are reflecting your other partner to, Mm -hmm. how you're reflecting your partners to each other because it will affect how they feel about each other and how they feel about each other will impact how they interact and, and how stressful the situation is for you as the partner in the middle. You know, so there are definitely things mm-hmm. that you can do to make things easier um, from that perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So hopefully, you know, that was helpful for everyone. You know, like Eli said, if you have any solutions that you've had or any questions or anything, you know, please hit us up at Love and Color Productions and, and let us know what's good. Um, And then now we get to the part of the show where we amplify some organization, some business, somebody doing the damn thing in the community. And so Eli's got some info on who we're amplifying today. Well, today it shouts out to the Duwamish people, Seattle's own. Uh, If you live in Seattle, Tequila, Renton, Redmond, or Burien, you are living on occupied land. You are living on the Duwamish tribe's land that they lost. Big surprise because the government <laughs> didn't didn't comply with their uh, with their treaty. And that's actually the Duwamish. That's actually where we get the name Seattle because um, it was Chief, Chief Seattle, Seattle. Yep. that gave um, gave the city its name. So, folks, if you are interested in learning more about the Duwamish or learning more about how you can help them in their fight for federal recognition, I would invite you 
to come check uh, check them out on our website. We have a link to them um, on our website, loveandcolorproductions.com. Or you can also go directly to their website. Um, and they are uh, they're at the duwamishtribe.org. And they are a 501c3 organization. So any um, donations are tax deductible. Uh, please, you know, t- check them out. Figure out how you can help them. Figure out how we can help them get recognition and take care of their people. If we are on their land, we need to recognize their sacrifice and be thankful for that. And with that, you know, we'll see you guys next time when we will be talking about attachment. Ooh, Ooh, That's going to be a fun one. I know it's pretty popular. It is. In the meantime, as always, live in love and color, y'all.